Our scripture lesson this evening is taken from the book of Romans, Romans chapter 5, beginning at verse 12 and reading through verse 20, page uh, 1,298 in the Pew Bible, page 1,298, Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sinned, for until the law sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. But the free gift is not like the offense. For if by the one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation. But the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as through one man's offense judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even through one man's righteousness, righteous act, The free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For as by the one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. Thus far the reading of God's word may add his blessing to it. In conjunction with it, I'd like to read to you from the Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 3 on page 10 in the back of the Psalter Hymnal. Lord's Day 3, page 10 in the back of the Psalter Hymnal. Did God create man so wicked and perverse? No, God created man good and in his own image, that is, in true righteousness and holiness, so that he might truly know God, his Creator, love him with all his heart, and live with him in eternal happiness for his praise and glory. Then where does man's corrupt nature come from? From the fall and disobedience of our first parents, Adam and Eve, in paradise. This fall has so poisoned our nature that we are born sinners, corrupt from conception on. But are we so corrupt that we are totally unable to do any good and inclined toward all evil? Yes, unless we are born again by the Spirit of God. Beloved of the Lord, two weeks ago we began a study uh, again of the Catechism and the theme of Christian comfort the comfort that the Son saves us, the Father protects us, and the Holy Spirit gives us life. 
And the Catechism asks the question, what do I need to know in order to live and die in the joy of that comfort? And the first thing that we need to know is how great our sin and misery are. And when we compare ourselves to the law of God, we find out that we have sinned in thought, in word, and in deed, and that we are inclined by nature to hate both God and our neighbor. That's quite a condemnation. Inclined by nature to hate both God and our neighbor. How did that come about? That is what this lesson from the Catechism puts before us. How is it that we became so corrupt? And the Catechism begins with a question, Did God create man so wicked and perverse? Every time I read that question, I am a a little troubled in my heart. (laughs) I wish that 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 weren't a question that we had to deal with. Because really, that, that question comes not from a pious heart, it comes from Satan. It's Satan's question. It's Satan's accusation that, that we need to answer, to be sure, we need to answer that. But the very idea ought to embarrass us that we would even think that God would do something wicked, that God would do something perverse. Uh, we should be embarrassed by that and shamed by that thought. But Satan is not ashamed. Satan is not embarrassed to make that accusation. And and so we have to answer it because uh, Satan is indeed the deceiver and has deceived many people into thinking that God is wicked and that all the evil in the world is, is God's fault. Well, did God create man so wicked and perverse? The answer is an emphatic no. God did not create man so wicked and perverse. On the contrary, God created man good and in his own image. This is one of my favorite parts of the Catechism, the part that deals with the glory of man, the the glory that God has bestowed upon man, the the honor that God has bestowed upon man by uh, creating us in, in his own image. We read of it in Psalm 8. When I consider your heavens, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet all sheep and oxen, even the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea that pass through the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth because you have done this great thing to exalt man and to crown him with glory and honor. Something that we don't deserve. We don't even deserve to be created, yet let alone be created in his own image. To be created in the image of God means that human life is set apart from all other life. Uh, One of the ways that the uh, Bible emphasizes that is by giving special protection to human life. Uh, Whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed. Even if an animal kills a human being, the animal must be put to death because human beings are different. They are set apart from the rest of the creation. They bear God's image and therefore taking a life unlawfully is uh, a terrible sin. A capital crime. 
uh, the one who does it forfeits the right to his own life. And because human beings are image of God and can represent God, a human being can lawfully act for God by putting the guilty human being to death. It's not just that uh, a man is... uh, it's a capital crime because the victim is the image bearer, but the, the executioner is image bearer as well, and that's what gives him the right, the authority to act on God's behalf. But being image bearer of God means we are qualified and equipped to rule, to subdue, and to fill the earth, our creation mandate. Being image of God means that we are qualified and equipped to be prophets, uh, under the chief prophet Jesus Christ, uh, we we can know him and uh, teach about him and uh, make him known. We are called and equipped and qualified to be priests under our uh, the high priesthood of Jesus Christ, uh, called to uh, offer our lives as a living sacrifice unto God, to uh, to love him and serve him in all that we do. And because we are image of God, we are called and equipped and, and qualified to be kings under the uh, kingship of the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We're called to reign with him over all creation and uh, to uh, su- subdue the earth uh, for him. Uh, to, to be image of God means to, to know him. Uh, we're created to know him, to love him, and above all, to live with him forever. This is the glorious gift that God gives to human beings. What a tragedy it is that there are so many in our world today who have thrown this, this away as, as meaningless and instead embraced a theory of, of evolution that we are somehow descended from the apes or from one-celled amoebas, that, that life is a cosmic accident Time plus chance produced it, and there is no more significance to a human life than there is to a blade of grass. And uh, why should uh, anything have, uh, why should human life be be different? In fact, uh, modern uh, thinking is that human life is a detriment to the world, and the world and and nature would be better off without human beings. Human beings are the the despoilers of the of the earth. Indeed. Uh, we do bad things in the earth, but uh, that's not how God created us. God created us in his own image to uh, exercise dominion over the earth under his uh, almighty rule. And uh, to miss this is to miss the purpose of life. It's to miss the meaning of life. You know, everybody, I think, has a, an innate sense that their life ought to mean something, that their life ought to account for something. Even the world that has thrown away the the Ten Commandments and no longer thinks that there's anything right or wrong, nevertheless has a desire to to do something significant and to to be something significant and are often ashamed, uh, even though they they don't believe in sin anymore, they're, they're ashamed of themselves because they know they haven't amounted to anything and haven't counted for something. Well, the thing that we we are meant to do is to is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever, to find our, our happiness and our joy and our, uh, our, lively, our, our life in Him. Uh, that's the purpose of human life. 
is uh, to be fulfilled in a relationship of love with God. God is a triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, which means that the Father has always loved the Son, and the Son has always loved the Father, and the Father and the Son have always loved the Spirit, and the Spirit has always loved the Father and the Son. It's a it's an eternal love fest, and they have known love in community. And when they created human beings, it wasn't because they lacked anything or they, they needed us. Uh, it was an act of love to share their love. They, they, they want others to know this love and the joy that they have always known. You know, in science fiction and mythology, uh, the gods are dependent upon human beings and uh, human beings have to be enslaved by the gods to, and made to worship the gods because the, the gods feed off the energy of the worshipers. But it's just the opposite. We feed off of God. God, God gives us life. God sustains life. And he, he creates us so that we might enjoy his life and uh, enter into fellowship with him. Uh, he created us uh, not because he needs us, but uh, we need him and are only complete when we are united with him in a relationship of love and joy and peace. Now, this is how God created us. God is good and he does good. And when he created human beings, he gave his verdict. It is very good. Well, if God is not responsible for the, the wickedness of mankind, who is? If not God, who? Well, the Catechism reminds us what the Bible also teaches us, that the, the fall, uh, it is due to the fall and the disobedience of our first parents, Adam and Eve. Notice it is they are described as our parents. Uh, this is a family matter. A matter where a member of the family has uh, disgraced the whole family because the one who disgraced us is the head of the family. And what he does reflects upon the whole family. Adam and Eve in paradise sinned against God. And that one sin has brought down uh, God's wrath and the curse upon the whole world. We, uh, we read it in uh, in verse chapter 5, verse 12, through one man, sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus de death spread through all man, because one man sinned. And again, verse 17, for by one man's offense, death reigned. Verse 18, through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. And again, verse 19, for by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. Again and again, one man's sin brought all this misery into the world. Now, some may think that's, that's not fair. You know, why, why should we be held accountable for Adam's sin? Well, remember, we are a family. We are his children and uh, this is a family matter. And what happens in a family reflects on what one member of the family does, does reflect upon the, the whole family. That's true of our nuclear families. It's true of the, the church family. But especially because God appointed Adam to be the head of the human race. 
And he was appointed and made our perfect representative. He was given everything good. There was nothing deficient in his creation. It was very good. He was made very good. And and his sin was, was not due to the fact that God left out a missing piece, you know, that there was something lacking there. And not only was, was Adam perfect and complete in his creation, but he was, he was placed in paradise where he had everything to his advantage and everything going for him and, and where he was with God and knew God and enjoyed God. There was no excuse for what he did. He freely chose to sin against God, knowing what he was doing. Uh, The New Testament tells us that Eve was deceived, not because women are more susceptible to deception than men, but on this occasion, Eve was deceived. Uh, Men have often also been deceived by Satan, but on this occasion, Eve was deceived, but not Adam. Adam sinned knowingly, and so the blame rests on him. And uh, you can say, well, I wouldn't have done that. Well, are you going to argue with God that, that Adam was not a perfect representative? And if you reject this idea of Adam being the head uh, of the human race and uh, his wickedness being uh, passed down to us, then you have to also reject the method of salvation because all those verses that I read to you about one man's disobedience go on to talk about one man's obedience. Another man, the second Adam, uh, for the first Adam was a type of the one to come, even Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was tempted just like Adam and uh, not in ideal circumstances, not in the Garden of Eden, but in the wilderness But though he was tempted in the wilderness, the outcome was far different. He was declared righteous, and he was confirmed in that righteousness, and now that righteousness is attributed to all those who are united to him. We're united to Adam through our uh, our genesis, our birth, uh, through uh, DNA and so forth. But we're united to Christ through faith by the Spirit And uh, if your union is with Adam, you are in sin. But uh, if you have been born again and united to Christ by his spirit, then you have a new nature and uh, a new record attributed to you, the perfect record of Jesus Christ. And so to reject uh, uh, the imputation of Adam's sin means you also have to reject the imputation of Christ's righteousness. Are we still image bearers of God, even though the image has been corrupted? Yes, yes we are. Genesis 9, 6, that uh, whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed, for in the image of God created he man. That, that was written after the fall. Also, the Apostle James in James 3, verse 9, speaks of fallen man as image bearers of God. But the image is badly corrupted or poisoned. And... Uh, Uh, poisoned uh, uh, tremendously. But now, uh, that uh, leads us then to how how bad is it? How bad is this poisoning of human nature? Well, it is so bad, says the Catechism, that it takes a miracle to overcome uh, the fall. Unless we are born again, we cannot enter the kingdom of God. 
But people will say, well, that can't be true. There's a lot of good in the world yet today. There's uh, all the benefits of modern medicine, for example, and uh, all the creaturely comforts that have been created by, by people who are not people of faith. How can you say that, that this world is uh, full of evil when, when it appears to be that there is so much good? Well, the Bible is quite clear that mankind can do a lot of great things. And God, in his kindness, does allow these great things to improve the quality of our lives. But think of uh, the plains of Shinar, where the Tower of Babel was built. Men got together, and they were going to, do, to build a, a great tower. A great work, a great architectural undertaking. It was no little thing, probably something on the, uh, on the equivalent of the, the pyramids of Egypt. They too were uh, towers to, to heaven so, and uh, monuments to, to the greatness of, of mankind. Uh, God is aware that, that we can do great things, but why did they do it? Well, they did it, they said, so that they could make a name for themselves and so they could lift themselves to heaven. They did not want to be dependent upon a God of grace and mercy. They wanted to assault heaven and take heaven by storm, by human strength, to get there on their own and to, to make a name for themselves, for they were not content with the name that, that God had given them, namely his children. And uh, so they, they, in their pride and arrogance, do this great work. Well, God frustrated their labors uh, because they were doing it for themselves and not for him. And so it is with all uh, the great works of mankind. Uh, they're polluted by pride. They're polluted by ag uh, uh, selfishness. They're polluted by uh, the desire for man's own glory rather than God's glory. Yet uh, God uh, stoops down and uh, lets us benefit from them nonetheless. Uh, he is kind to the wicked. And he says, don't you know that the kindness of God is meant to lead you to repentance, but instead we store up wrath for the day of wrath by presuming upon the kindness of God, thinking that this is a good thing that we're doing and we deserve all the good things that we do for ourselves. No, says the Bible, we are responsible for our sin and uh, that sin is very great, and it is uh, a poison that can only be repaired by the miracle of the new birth. Now, oh, is there any, any good news in this? The first Lord's Day of the Catechism says, what do you need to know in order to live and die in the joy of this comfort? It says, you need to know how great your sin and misery are. Well, what... what what comfort is there in, in knowing how great our sin and misery is? What, what comfort is there to know that, that we're responsible for this and that what we have done has, has polluted human nature and corrupted all mankind so that we're incapable of doing any good apart from God's grace and apart from uh, the new birth that he, he gives? What comfort is there in knowing this? Well, the comfort is twofold. Uh, we're comforted because... When we recognize that, that our sin and misery is very great, then we will look for a solution. And when it's like being sick, you know, when you're healthy, you can have a disease, but if there are 
no symptoms if it's a disease. Uh, you know, sometimes hypertension or high blood pressure is called the, the silent killer because it doesn't have a lot of uh, obvious uh, symptoms. People can have this disease and uh, not, not go to the doctor and not get any care because uh, there's no symptoms. Well, when we compare ourselves to the law, we see that we have sinned and that we need a physician. We need the great physician. And so we, we cry to God to, to save us and deliver us. But it's also great comfort to know that, that uh, uh, sin and misery is our fault, not God's. If it were, if it were God's fault... <laughs> There'd be no hope, you know. God, God has given it his best shot, and it didn't work. And so here we are, we're stuck. We're stuck with a God who tried to create good people, but he wasn't able to do it. And we're sin, sinful people now, and if he couldn't do it once, he, he, he probably can't uh, repair it either. That's not the case. It's just the opposite. God created us good, and because he created us good, we have confidence that if he's willing... And he has indeed indicated his willingness. He can recreate us and make us good again. And the catechism goes on, as scripture does, to describe the great salvation that God has in store for his people. Thanks be to God that he shows us our sin so that we see our Savior, see the need for our Savior. And thanks be to God that it's not his fault, meaning he is able to repair it. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty and gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have shown us in your word that uh, our sin is very great. We thank you that you have shown us that you created us good, for that assures us that you can now, if it be your will, recreate us uh, and make us new again, so that we can indeed uh, begin to enjoy in this life and look forward in the life to come, and knowing it in even greater fullness, the joy of being your image bearers. Uh, knowing the joy of knowing you, loving you, and living with you uh, forever. O Father, impress these truths upon our hearts that we might live in hope. Amen.